The following podcast contains explicit language. All right. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson with the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the ultimate tow rig. And when I say the ultimate tow rig, we're obviously considering a diesel only. I'm looking for no limits, no rules. It's what you think would ultimately be the best if there was no budget concerning, if there was no time restraints, if there was no limited access to parts, whatever would be the ultimate. So today I'm joined by Nick Pregnitz and Tim Slater. Hey, Paul. How you doing? Thank you guys very much for joining us. Nick Pregnitz, of course, founder and CEO of Calibrated Power, Duramax Tuner. Tim Slater, founder and CEO of Centurion Fleet Services. You guys have been my Duramax and Ford experts in the past. Everybody remembers episode one and two. We are local. That's right. <laughs> Easy access says a lot on the resume. <laughs> um, so I'm going to turn it over to Nick first. We're going to give you a shot and tell me if nothing else mattered but ultimate tow rig what do you got for me oh man nothing else mattered ultimate tow rig you know i really appreciate comfort um first i got to pick my my chassis and it's going to go to a 15 or newer denali okay uh, i mean i've said it before and i'll say it again a heated steering wheel goes a long way <laughs> especially if you're towing in the cold so we're gonna have the gmt 900 platform we'll have a duramax we'll have an allison um you know i'll probably go with the 3500 uh, Dually, and from there, of course, we get into the fun part that everybody wants to talk about. <laughs> and uh, you know, my specialty would be the powertrain. So, as far as powertrain goes on this tow rig, you know, controlling inlet air temperatures and controlling exhaust gas temperatures is gonna is gonna be what makes the difference between you enjoying towing your your piece of equipment or your camper or whatever you're hauling, or, or not enjoying it. And uh, as far as that goes, the twin turbo setup is tough to beat and you know i'm talking about a 15 denali but this could go from an 01 duramax to a 16 okay i mean the twin turbo setup towing is unbeatable as far as controlling exhaust gas temperatures um we could run you know our our standard stocker twin kit that we've sold uh, a retarded amount of uh, just a just a no bullshit kit um, we'll hold the truck at 600 wheel horsepower at full load indefinitely at 1200 degrees exhaust gas temperatures. And that's with a, a stock injector and a stock pump. So, I mean, you can put a built trans in this thing, um, put the twin kit on and off you go. You know what I mean? It's, it's really pretty straightforward. Um, another thing I'd like to touch on as far as, as far as the tow rig goes would be, um, controlling oil temperature. So, you know, the Duramax platform, we talk about controlling air temperature. The reason I'm controlling air temperature is to try and control coolant temperature. Uh, when you're fighting, when you're fighting a hill with a camper, um, you know, temperature is your, is your enemy. That's what your eyes are going to be glued to. You're going to be watching the pyrometer, watching the coolant temp gauge, watching your trans temperature, and just trying to make sure that, you know, the truck is going to operate in its efficiency band, keep itself health, keep itself healthy and not burn down. Um, you know, you might have good coolant temp, you might have decent air temperatures, but ultimately, um, you know, you want to make sure that your oil temps are in check as well. And uh, to do that, the potential for an external oil cooler, something to make sure that the oil that you're spraying on the bottom of the pistons to cool the pistons off, to help avoid that, uh, cracked piston situ- situation. Um, I'd probably recommend an external oil cooler. 
the factory trans cooler, the factory radiator and intercooler do a really good job on the new LML platform. Really? Um, I, I, I mean, unless you're, unless you're being stupid, man, you know, you just, <laughs> I, I, I mean, ultimate to me, ultimate tow rig too. I mean, I have to be able to do anything. It's the best of the best, right? So I'm talking, I can run up Pike's peak with a 35 foot trailer. Yes. The LML works really well for that. It has the smallest turbocharger exhaust housing from the factory uh, on a Duramax, so you get great spool up. Um, you get a really effective turbine brake. So if you are coming down Pike's Peak, you're not going to burn your brakes up because you're going to get some really good um, exhaust back pressure braking. You use our twin kit with a 110 exhaust housing. I mean, I know I'm getting technical here, but you get right on top of that big turbocharger right out of the gate. And uh, the turbos split the load really nicely. They both stay in their efficiency uh, map, and and the thing just works. It's okay, so slick. S four seventy five over stock oil cooler. S four seventy five over stock oil cooler tunes a built trans triple disc converter. I mean, whatever you want to do for your hitch, you know. Right. If you tow, I'm, I'm sure you know what you want to spend <laughs> your money on. There it just depends on what kind of trailer you got. I mean, it's basic shit, but. It works. Yeah. You okay. don't need 800 horsepower to tow. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this coming from somebody who tows with something that is 800 horsepower, but okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. No, no, but I hear you. Okay. So does bringing the horsepower down, is that a factor of reliability? Is that why you're thinking keep it closer to 600 horsepower than to take it to 800? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to recommend you double the factory output and maintain the stock chassis axles driveline. I mean, if we're talking ultimate, ultimate, right, we put a SQHD out back, we put a Eaton Fuller transmission in it. I mean, we start getting into medium duty and heavy duty shit, and it just, that's not the point. That's not I why you. you bought a 15 Denali. You know what I mean? That's not why you're towing with a light duty truck. I hear you. I think that's out of the market, too. I think once you're getting into that, I mean, you, you honestly could go for similar cost and just buy a Freightliner yeah, or exactly. something I mean, medium duty from the factory. Buy an M2106 business class, right. have an 8.3 liter have an Allison 3000. I mean, we're talking light, the ultimate light duty tow rig, right? We are. Absolutely. So. The Diesel Performance Podcast will return in just a moment, but first we want to mention our sponsor, Calibrated Power Solutions of Marengo, Illinois, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, Check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Now, back to the podcast. Jump in here, man. What what do you got? I got to think that you're coming up with a Ford here. Wow, shocking. Uh, <laughs> Nick touched on a couple of really interesting points in uh, – so I, I wrote down a couple of notes from my experience towing because I did a bunch of it when I was racing late mile stock cars at Rockford. And that was, of course, with my 2007-3 gear jammer, 37-inch tall tire, uh, modded H2 turbo. Uh, you know, So let's talk a little bit about <laughs> comfort and sacrifice. Uh, the last thing I want to do is get into something that takes an aerospace engineering degree to be able to operate. So uh, the other problem is, so let's let's tow... Let's let's start. We're leaving the the race shop and we're going to the racetrack. Right, it's eighty degrees outside. Um, I had stock gears in it, and um, 
with the turbo and injectors I have. Now, keep in mind the injector is big enough to maintain uh, about 25,000 PSI of injection pressure with the dual pump setup I have on it. And even at 35 pounds of boost, I got a lot of black smoke coming out the pipe. So I have a lot of fuel. Um, the uh, problem I always had is that I either had to do 65 miles an hour or 50 miles, 55 miles an hour in fifth gear, or I had to do 85 miles an hour in sixth gear in order to make, get the turbo in its efficiency range to actually do something. If I was anywhere in between there, I was uh, over over temping. So the the problem was, um, yeah, you had to invest in a really good uh, trailer brake system to make sure that you can uh, stand on the brakes quickly when your really expensive radar detector goes off. Uh, that was issue number one. The issue number two is you get done with a night of racing and you're super tired. The last thing you want to do is drive your tow rig home, but you also don't want to have your crew chief or your wife drive it home because you're afraid of getting home. So <laughs> all of this comes down to create a setup that actually is uh, uh, efficient at what it's doing. So, you know, if I were to take that truck and fix it now to make it a perfect tow rig, I would, of course, compound turbocharge it hands down, you cannot beat the effectiveness and the efficiency of compound turbocharging. You're flooding the engine with this super lean fuel mixture, creating a no smoke exhaust, low temperatures, uh, and the best fuel burn you're going to get. Um, on top of the power is always there whenever you want it. Uh, so in order to make that truck perfect, uh, first off, I'd have to take the ridiculous six and a half inch lift off of it because it's stupid <laughs> to pull a trailer with. I'd, I'd put a more or less stock size tire on it again, which would be nice because the tires that are on it, well, you don't have a turning radius, and that's pretty important when you're pulling a trailer, especially when you're backing it up in between two other haulers at the racetrack. <laughs> a turning radius wouldn't wouldn't suck at all. Um, you know, it's a stick shift, which I don't mind. Uh, but really, for ultimate comfort, uh, as far as driving a, uh, a a tow rig, an automatic is the way to go. Um, so there's, you know, compounds that takes care of the temperatures and the power rating, and then I can pick any gear I want, and I know I'm not going to overtemp the thing, uh, you know. Uh, but really, if I'm going to make the perfect tow rig, I'm going to take something that already has a lot of comfort in it. Uh, and has the best of both worlds, and this is without spending a million dollars, I'd probably take a 6.4 Power Stroke. Um, it's already got a transmission that's that's got plenty of torque holding capability to do the job. You can upgrade the compressor wheels on the turbocharger and get a little bit more cooling and a little bit more efficiency out of it. Uh, otherwise, I would take that truck. Uh, I'd put a set of head gaskets in it because you can't run max power on a 6.4 without blowing the head gaskets. It's, you know, you know they make a lot of power. We're going to find that out pretty soon. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. We're going we're gonna to see how that holds up to uh, my $20,000 compound uh, Duramax. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the next thing that I would do, of course, uh, you know, it's going to have a delete tune on it because um, who wants to power all of that? Um, the 6.4 already has compounds on it, which, uh, uh, like I said, you can upgrade the compressor wheels, and that's going to help uh, make them a little bit more efficient. Uh, I like the trans in them. They shift super smooth. That's my, my, my biggest attribute of the torque shift transmission is even under a load, not under a load. It has a very smooth shift. It's not backing out of the power in between shifts, which I find very annoying with uh, especially pulling trailers. And if you don't have ladder bars, which brings me to my next point, you get the back end of the truck just going crazy in between gear shifts. Right. Ladder bars do a lot to keep the rear end of the truck stable, uh, and it doesn't do anything goofy, especially when you have a load on it, you're in lower gears, you can get that axle wrap going. Ladder bars go a long way to just keeping everything nice and stable. 
So I think I'd have a tune on a 6.4 with updated compressor wheels, um, uh, head gaskets, uh, ladder bars, and, and, and go to town. It's a comfortable truck, a lot of amenities, and that, that's, that's what I would pick for daily driving. I wouldn't mind putting my wife behind it and having her drive home. That's a, that's a solid setup, Tim. I, I'd be hard-pressed to, to disagree with you there. I've definitely been in a few 6.4s that perform very similarly to how that 15 Denali that I was talking about set yeah. up. And I, I think you also touched on a few really cool points, which is um, the lift, keep the lift out of the thing, the tire size, which I, I didn't touch on, but it, keeping the, the gear spacing reasonable keeps the engine in its power band. And that's what you're getting at is having 37s on the truck just makes that shift, you know, from 3,100 RPM to 2,300 RPM. Ugh, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> on, a, on a single charger, you're uh, absolutely right. And then, of yeah. course, everybody's changing lanes behind you so that they can see again. And that that's, you know, it gets old after a while. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, neither of us really t- uh, touched on it. But when you said delete, my mind went to exhaust. And the, the tendency in the performance aftermarket is to put a, a bigger exhaust on the truck, a four-inch or a five-inch exhaust. And whether you keep the muffler or not, that's your choice. But uh, being in a truck that's that's pulling a gooseneck, trust me, you're going to want a muffler and you're probably going to want a four inch exhaust. And, you know, I know everybody in the room is going to look at me cross-eyed, but I, I had the emissions equipped twin turbo Denali and towed with it. And man, if there, if there wasn't a quieter truck to tow with and control EGTs, I mean, I know nobody's selling emissions equipped twin turbo kits. I know we're not, you know. They a, don't it's exist. It's a prototype. Right. It's a one truck. You know, Caleb Upchurch, you're the only one in the country who has it. But, um, it, yeah, it's. Well, noise is a big factor. Noise is a factor. I'll tell you, you know, what, I drive a five inch straight pipe extended cab long bed and I, I absolutely fucking hate it. Um, just, just to be honest with you, <laughs> I have an extremely short trip. Uh, the drone yeah, in it. What is it about? 30 it's, seconds it's it's three full minutes tim yeah i have to cross three full three streets full minutes yeah okay i yeah. live a far ways away what was it you were just telling me about one to three yeah i yeah. i use fourth gear sometimes okay do, like, you, do you ever wh- finish a full cigarette on the way to work um no i usually have finish it up in the parking lot yeah yeah that's i time it actually i leave an extra four minutes early besides my three minute trip very nice well it's, what he really means is I he leaves at out. the same time and he takes an extra four minutes once he gets into the parking lot hey you know what door. tomato tomato all right <laughs> i'm here at any rate um i definitely wouldn't go with a five inch i know a ton of guys who tow with a lift they're gonna love hearing that it's a bad idea my favorite part is guys with a lift who tow always say it does fine what, what? It does fine. I know it does fine. It gets down the road. Thank you. We were just talking about, what was it? What was towing the ridiculous trailer down the tollway there, Tim? Oh, yeah. 85, 90 miles an hour. Ford, or, or, or with Explorer two-wheel drive. No, the Explorer, oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's a truck sitting behind a, 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 a motel by our shop right now. It's a 35-foot bumper pull camper being pulled by a two-door Explorer Sport Um that guy, that when that guy got pulled over, he looked at the cop. He's like, "What man? It pulls fine. It pulls yeah. fine. It pulls yeah, fine. It pulls yeah. fine." Yeah. I, I understand it gets down the road. That is not the best of what it could do. And I think there's also some other commonalities here. Um, the twin turbo. Everybody at this point, I think people are starting to realize twins aren't just for drag racing. Man, you can. I mean, you got full torque on demand from right off idle, twelve hundred RPM to thirty two hundred RPM. Like, what could be better than that? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's drivability. It's no sacrifice. Right. You know, in my experience with the, with the one all out uh, overstock Duramax one that we built, 
you know, the truck was undrivable beforehand because of the axle wrap, because of the defueling between shifts. And it seems as though compounds really dampen that a lot because the, the, the computer cannot regulate the boost of the atmosphere turbo as well as it can with the, the, the high pressure charger, which is variable geometry. So that, that kind of seems to dampen it a little bit. And that truck before compounds, every gear shift, it would damn near bounce the rear end of the truck off the ground. I thought I was hitting a speed bump every was, time. Was that a stock turbo then, or was that a 4094 in it? That was a stock turbo. That was a stock turbo. Yeah. They can be a little rough. I know big singles, that was the other thing I wanted to touch on. Um, it's something I'm not a fan of. I do like I do like some of them out there. I, I know that yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some different options when you get into exhaust housing, but traditional variable vein, large single chargers, tow like dog shit. That's just the reality. Until you felt a good compound setup, you it's won't like understand. It's like right. a lift kit, exactly. Yeah. It, sure, it tows fine. Like, take pictures <laughs> of it, tell your friends whatever you want, then drive a twin kit, and then tell me it's the same thing. Right. It's just not. Yeah. 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 And, and as far as noise goes, uh, an interesting comment that you made about noise, of course, this is the best spot where i get to really rag on the dodge guys because you can't do you can't leave a stock exhaust in a dodge and a <laughs> see out your rear view mirror anytime you're on the power because it's vibrating and two you can't carry on a conversation in it. you can put three mufflers in line with it and you just can't they just make noise um one of the one of the worst vehicles for drone and the drone is really what's bad and of right. course my my truck with a single charger on it is terrible with drone um, but the excursion, if you've ever driven an excursion, it's like sitting in a giant oh God, base yes. box and, <laughs> oh and God, we yes. have one excursion that has a piped seven, three on it. And it's quite obnoxious. Uh, it sounds cool on the outside and, and, and it's fun to drive until you get on the tollway and try and maintain 70 miles an hour. And you're right at 2000 RPM, which is right in the drone range. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we have, we had a six liter that we straight piped and I told the guy, I said, you know, this thing's probably going to be really obnoxious. And for whatever reason, that truck is quiet, really unbelievably quiet going down the road. And I'll say also with compounds, I think, you know, compounds really is like adding a muffler. So you can really dial down the noise, even in a Dodge, you can kind yeah, of. It, it, it does go a long way to quiet the, quiet the noise down. And it, you know, the compounds, the one thing to consider when you're buying a compound kit is the billet wheel sounds like a cool idea. Right or the cheetah turbocharger, oh, yeah. or the just the the fucking compressor wheel just sings <laughs> the whole time, you know. Yeah, it sounds my, like a six liter. Yeah, don't my, you know that? Oh, my that's six it. liter. That yeah. that that's wine it. can be even more migraine inducing than the resonance from the from the Dodge. Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> and I, I've experienced that. We we used to go on snowmobile trips up north, and uh, you know, similarly to what I did to my six liter, my buddy uh, put an older six liter turbo in it. So it would whistle more. And yeah, when you're on the tollway going down the road and after four hours, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's ear piercingly loud. Luckily with my truck, I don't drive very far, so it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The cast wheel turbochargers just really seem to not be affected by that. So. Yeah. You, you know, I think we get into that kind of crossover when we get into the billet wheels on like the big S480 compounds and things like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Everybody always claims to squeak a little bit extra out of a billet S480 or a billet S475. Or a billet this or a billet that. I, I mean, I hear you. Yeah. And, and I think in some applications, it can make a difference. No? I, I mean, if, if I'm talking about a compound setup, I, I don't know the we've, Ford turbos as well, but I mean, I'd imagine situations where on the dyno, you know, a, a, a fancy a CNC milled wheel will pick up a little bit on the top end. It may sacrifice something down low or it may, you know... It, 
It's just a method for manufacturing comp- a compressor wheel. Right. And, of course, it's a selling point. You get to say it's billet. Say it's billet, exactly. Well, and that's, I think, what I want people to realize more is that I think there's other factors that come into it as opposed to how it was manufactured. More things I have a feeling on the side of, like, actual blade count or pitch on the blades and things like exactly. this. That that has a lot to do with why it sings. Yeah. And I would just offer that there's a reason why a compressor wheel makes it to a state of casting, and that is it's proven. They're going to make thousands of them. Right. And the reason you would make thousands of something is because it works. Um, so, you know, in a in the compound application where you don't need an all-out primary turbocharger, you just need 600, 650 horsepower. I mean, buying a, a turbocharger that has the potential to make 750 horsepower in the S475 versus buying the billet S475, which could make 785, <laughs> but sings to you the whole time it's doing it, you know, go with the cast Standard S four seventy five. Okay, okay. Um, how about if I'm in a Cummins, guys? What what recommendations can we make to our Cummins listeners out there? I'm jumping out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I have some leg to stand on here. I do tune Cummins trucks. Um, the Cummins crowd, you know, the older trucks. I would I would just recommend buy a stick shift truck, buy a six speed manual truck if you're going to buy an older truck. I um, I like the newer stuff. The the 68 RFE can be reliable at the 600 horsepower level. It can be built to be reliable at the 600 horsepower level. You can frown at me all you want. <laughs> you can't see me because we're on a podcast, but I'm smiling right now <laughs> because I think he just said a 68 RFE was reliable. <laughs> I, I will. I they, will. Are, they are at at like 450. I would see 500. And and time time will tell if 600 is a reliable number. But Time uh, will tell, right? Yeah. Um, for the purpose of this podcast, I will advocate <laughs> that you can build a six hundred or sixty-eight RFE. You know, assuming you use trans tuning and you have the converter upgrade and you know the Suncoast or Revmax or whatever you're going to use for it. Okay. Um, you know, but it can be done. And the sixty-eight or the six-point-seven liter is is got all the same goodies, all the common rail goodies that the five-nine had on it, the previous uh, six-seven before it, and it's a it's a proven setup. And uh, with a variable geometry turbocharger, again, you get the um, you get the brake, good braking on D-cell. So anything, uh, I think 2010 and newer, you get the option for an exhaust brake. Um, so I, I, of course, would again advocate the Stocker Twin Kit. Um, and you can use an S472 or an S475 over a stock variable geometry turbocharger, build the transmission, put a lift pump on it, and you have a 625 horsepower truck. I, I hear you there. I In my head, I don't know what it is, but I just... Six-speed manual, 06 Cummins, Mega Cab, Dually, Black Wheels, like it. I mean, that to me, yeah, that okay. it, I don't care if you have all of the budget in the world. I would still be drawn to that setup. Here's the reason why I'm not. Okay, okay I I see where you're coming from, and fr- from a guy driving on the road next to that truck, that truck looks very appealing. Right. Okay, Mega Cab, Dually. Gear jammer, fuck man, that thing's gotta be a beast to drive. <laughs> that is the the ultimate. But I would say the six seven does have an edge on the five nine in towing because of the displacement. So displacement affects spool up. The more exhaust energy you can move right off idle, the more spool up you're gonna have. That makes sense. Um, you have a variable geometry turbocharger on the six seven, which you don't have on the five nine, so you get integrated braking. Okay. You get braking control. 5.9 liter HE351CW, you don't get brake control <laughs> in your face, Paul. Um, heated steering wheel. 
Oh yeah, fresh interior. Yeah, I will say that new Dodge interior is pretty, pretty slick. They did finally stuff. Pretty nice. I mean, my one customer that has the 2012 that we built a Trans for because it couldn't handle a tuner. Um, it's very nice interior, but his his dog won't sit in it because he doesn't like the noise. <laughs> well, with twins, he won't have that problem. Right? <laughs> He's going to have a whole nother list of problems with twins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say, I know this isn't a podcast advocating emissions compliance, but a twin kit could pretty easily be fabricated. I know ATS is working on it that would work with the emissions equipment. In my experience, the Dodge emissions equipment on that newer 6.7 Cummins is the most resilient when faced with large power increases, reads 600 horsepower under heavy load. It has the best uh, strategy for for uh, burn-off during standard operation, so not needing to go into regen all the time. Right. Um, it, in a six-speed trans in the newer truck, you get, you get better gear spacing. I mean, the 48RE was... It's got its place on a drag strip, but man, you know when that thing shifts. Yeah. It'll drop RPM like a rock. You know when you're out of gears and want more too. Yeah. That is, yeah. A, I, I suppose, a yeah, big drawback. Get, I mean, them. the newer trucks have a 342 gear and yeah. double overdrive. Not that with a 30-foot gooseneck you need that, but, you know, better to have more gears than less. Yeah, I hear you there. Yeah, I suppose that would make a newer Cummins more appealing if you were talking about something that could be that reliable. I could still get a mega cab. I, I really do. Like if you're on ultimate tow rig, I mean, me mega cab to me is like almost a requirement. Like I'd be willing oh, to do yeah. a motor swap before I would really walk away from a mega cab <laughs> if I had no budget. Right. Like if I, if yeah. money so do just you didn't have matter. a, a chauffeur that drives you around so that you can gain the benefits of the mega cab. No, I just, it's just badass. How did, how is a mega cab? Not badass. Well, I will say from, from my standpoint, uh, I'm six foot three and to put my, body far enough away from the pedals so that I can control them efficiently. The door post is right in my field of view on the left. It, it, it shortens the door on the driver door. And for me, that doesn't work because now I can't see out the left side of the truck without leaning I'm, forward. So. I'm in a mega cab. I don't give a fuck who's on my left. <laughs> so I'm towing and I'm coming through. population that's over 6'2". <laughs> um, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a problem. The uh, only drawback ever complained about for a mega cab. I mean, the standard cab configuration on the Ram, the four-door, is surprisingly roomy. I mean, if you go from an 08 to the new body style, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. This, I mean, it might as well be in mega cab. Maybe not, but it's, it's close. close. I hear you. All right, guys. So for our tow customers, give me the top five things to avoid. What do they not want to do to the truck? Well, I, I think the top one is put a giant injector on a stock turbo would Love be it. my top. Okay. Okay. So, so we could generalize it. We could just say uh, match injectors to the turbo properly. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Don't overfuel. Don't overfuel. Don't over turbocharge. You know, buy a turbocharger or a twin kit that is designed to operate from off idle because you're going to be in that transient range a lot, and you're not going to appreciate an 800-horsepower turbocharger that comes to life at 2,500 RPM. Okay, okay. Get the right turbo system. Yep. Get the right fuel system. I love it. All right. Tim, what's next? Uh, I think next would definitely be the lift. Okay. Stay away from lifts. Uh, stock height's the best for towing. I think we can all agree there. Stay yep. away from lifts. Stay away from big tires. I mean, I wouldn't go any bigger than a 32-inch tire. Um, start putting 33s, 35s. I mean... Fucking guy with thirty sevens that tows a gooseneck. It's Tim. It just gets. It's to not be a, a gooseneck. 
it gets to be a lot for the suspension to control the load, and you get a lot of you get a lot of movement. Movement, you know what I mean? The steering feedback's poor. It's oh yeah. I got a picture from uh, we'll just say a friend of mine that has a drop down lift that's about three feet off the bumper, which is my all time favorite pick that it still drops down to a hitch. Yeah, that's not how I would recommend doing it. Yeah. Okay. Avoid yeah. that. Avoid not, that. Not the ultimate tow rig. Avoid right. That. Okay. What's next? What do we got? Uh, yeah, tire size, lift, turbo, and injectors. Uh, I would go with. I'm going to interrupt you here, yep. Tim. I would say the the uh, Billy Bob front bumper would be my next avoid. Yes. Um, cooling and access to cold air coming across the stack. That is the intercooler, AC, radiator. Um, all your cooling stuff in that stack on the front, you want as much airflow over that as possible while you're moving. If you put one of these big bumpers on that's not designed to have, um, you know, efficient airflow over the stack, you're asking for Nick, they cut holes in, in the bumper right up front. I saw it. They're like three-inch oh diameter circles cut out. If I have another yeah, guy but then tell you fill me them that up they with cut lights. holes in the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a fucking wind tunnel at the place where they're design, designing these bumpers? Have you met the guys who design these bumpers? Uh, yes. No, I actually, I know. Yes. A lot of them are really good guys, and they look badass. I mean, there are a lot of trucks that I think they look tough so th- there's there's a definite appeal out there for them yeah but in ultimate tow rig talk yeah i mean looking tough doesn't really matter when you're stuck on the side of the road with your wife bitching at you and in in uh my situation my truck looks tough but i drive it 300 miles a year <laughs> avoid aftermarket front bumpers okay okay yeah, added, added weight restriction to airflow i don't care about the weight the weight airflow just you the need airflow. cooling your mind should be all about cooling if you're towing okay all about it <laughs> well i think that rolls us in perfect to the top three things to look for so we're going to say cooling's number one if we're looking to make a mod to the truck we want to cool it off what's number two i would say an appropriate tune-up uh, an appropriate power level you know okay. uh, power the truck for what it's capable of for what the chassis for what the brakes for what the truck is capable of of working with okay yeah you're not looking for a max dyno number when you're towing trailers right i mean you're not making 600 horse when you're towing trailers i think that's important you have a 600 horsepower truck it is very unlikely you're driving fourth gear locked at 3200 rpm it's it's very unlikely that you're running 600 horsepower for any (laughs) length of time uh, simply because the cooling system can't reject that kind of heat for minutes on end right Okay. All right. Last thing to look for. Yep. What's what's last, guys? Comfort, baby. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Got to have those uh, heated and cooled seats, fancy steering wheel, leather, radio, nav. List goes on. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, anything different there? You uh, you love it. Comfort. Yeah. Comfort. Yep. Yep. I want to be able to sleep in the back seat on the way home from the racetrack. (laughs) Not hear the drone. Not hear the drone and not not have my kidneys rattled every time we hit a, a crack in the concrete. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, thank you very much, Tim Slater of Centurion Fleet Services. My pleasure. And Nick Pregnant of Calibrated Power Solutions. Always fun, man. Thanks a lot for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920.